Hi everyone, welcome to Chi Alpha After Hours. We're your hosts, Cassie, Nathan, and Christian, here to take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the university campus. As campus pastors, one of the things we often help students navigate in college is a changing relationship with their family. Some students come from really healthy families and some come from some not so healthy ones, but the process of leaving home and beginning to live more independently as an adult is almost universal. It looks different depending on someone's individual circumstances, but this stage of maturity often coincides with college life. So with that in mind, we want to narrow in today on the topic of relating to your parents as a college student and what it looks like to do that as a Christian. God really cares about how we relate to the people he has placed in our lives, particularly when they're the first humans that he ever connected us with in relationship. Fortunately, he has given us guidance in scripture on this topic, which is relevant for us today. Let's start by looking at some scripture passages that talk about how God designed family, and particularly the relationship between children and their parents, and then we'll move towards some practical applications for us. So our first scripture today is Colossians 3, verses 20 through 21, which says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, or some translations say parents here, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So what does this passage show us about family? So it's it's interesting, this, this passage in Colossians, it comes, it's from... Um, a certain list. So Paul's done a lot of teaching on different things, and now he's getting really practical. Um, and that's kind of a pattern Paul has in his letters is he gets like really heavenly. He goes from like kind of heavenly spiral and he spirals down into the practical. And so near the end of his letter, this often happens. And so actually he does this also in Ephesians where he talks, he, he has a very similar um, calling for children. Um, but what he's doing is there's these um, Roman in in the Roman Empire, which is what Paul was in. They had these like household, these family household um, like uh, statements or different phrases. So they would say like, you know, wives and mothers, this is how you're to act. Children, this is how you're to act. And it was mostly trying to tell people their place in a sense. Like, what does it mean to be a good child? What does it mean to be a good wife? Um, one thing that's different about these these this section um, is that there's a lot of commands on the fathers and the husbands, which is actually more unusual in the Roman day. Um, there's prescription about and limits for the father. Um, but this, this kind of stands like Paul is trying to say, um, children understand, like it's natural, it's right. And he's not even necessarily saying, um, this isn't necessarily even a Christian ethic. This is like, even in the pagan Roman world, they understood children should obey their parents. And so um, Paul is telling the Christian church, like, hey, it's important for you to obey your parents because um, in the Christian world, because we don't want to malign the gospel um, in this Roman world where everyone's respecting their parents. So, so, so Paul's really saying, like, this sense of children obeying your parents is a missional thing. It's, it's about how, like, um, non-Christian families look at Christian families and, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, um, families that like their kids are like crazy, mm -hmm. you know? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what's going on with that family? You know what I mean? Like, or, mm -hmm. um, and, and the, the main point is like, uh, the gospel being a Christ follower, like people look at us and they see what Jesus stands for. And we know that we don't always most of, a lot of time we don't stand up for what Jesus stands for, but Paul says like we need to try to imitate Christ. We need to represent Him in our actions, and so part of that means that in our family unit, children need to have learned obedience to their parents, and that that really shines brightly for for Christ's witness. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, have you guys ever you know like have you guys ever met a family where the kids are like? really kind and really obedient. Like, yeah. like I, I know some families that like, oh my goodness, these kids are incredible. Mm -hmm. And so you go and, you know, sometimes I've, I've been to like, I've, I, we have kids and stuff. And so sometimes with the other families and I see these kids that are just like, I mean, our kids are pretty good kids, but sometimes I've seen some other kids that are like, oh my goodness, these kids are amazing. And it's just an awe inspiring thing mm -hmm. when you see kids, um, you know, well-trained, obedient, not slaves or not discouraged or not like, but 
it really shines bright to what to a strong, healthy family. And um, I think that's kind of what Paul's talking about here. Mm-hmm. I think this verse uh, creates, um, Christian was kind of talking about this, but there is this tension that exists in this verse. It's like, you know, children obey their parent, obey your parents, but then fathers don't provoke your children. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting thing because I think, uh, you know, in a lot of across time, like, as Christian was kind of saying, there are these mantras or these these slogans that we have. So, like, one that's I'm, I imagine a lot of people have heard before is, like, children should be seen and not heard. And that's kind of like this phrase of, like, this is the place of the child. This is the order of the child. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you might – but Paul is like, well, hold on. Like, we're talking about the whole. We're not talking about the one. We're talking about the relationship. You have described the relationship of one person to another. But Paul goes a step further. He's like, what's your relationship to that, mm-hmm. that child? So that child that should be seen and not heard, he might, he might say, I, I would hope he would say personally, um, he might say, he's like, well, fathers, see your children. Mm-hmm. Like, notice your children. Don't neglect them. Just yeah. because they're not supposed to be seen doesn't mean they're, like, not supposed to be seen. So, like, some might hear... And some have really taken that phrase of, like, children should be seen and not heard as a meaning of, like, well, I don't have to pay attention to my kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and Paul would be like, no. I'm, I'm very confident he would be like, no. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Because, um, you know, we, we know, and I, if I was to root that statement in, like, the, the Bible, like, Hagar in the Old Testament, she names God as the God who sees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful statement. Um and uh, so, like, Paul would be like, our God is a God who sees. So there's this tension that I think um, Christian is, was pointing out um, is, like, you know, there, there's, there's not just, like, the responsibility of the one, and we need to press that responsibility on that person, which causes, like, a subjugation and that discouragement. It's like, no, you actually have a responsibility to that person as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one thing. I think one thing to mention i don't know if you were going to bring this up cassie but like what is like the value of obedience i think in mm-hmm. our culture like the notion of obedience is very very like well i shouldn't obey yeah. like people should like i should challenge people i should always be pushing against them it's like but there's actual genuine value to obedience mm-hmm. um and the value of i i think one of the values of obedience is it actually prepares you to listen um and I'm not saying that every source of command, we'll say it, commanding is a good source. But if you train yourself to be disobedient, you're never going to listen to anything good either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and obedience is like, and we're actually much more familiar, I think, with obedience than we think. It's just that we're listening to different sources of it. So like very, com- very, very common thing amongst uh, college students is actually they're very obedient to their peers and the the opinion of their peers. It's like, oh, well, this is the, this is what's trending. This is mm-hmm. the interesting yeah. thing right now. And I need yeah. to like, I, oh man, what's, um, what's the new video game out there? It's like, oh, everybody's talking about it. I can't be left out. Mm-hmm. I have to be obedient to my peers and be involved with my peers. Mm-hmm. Thing is, is that no offense, but like young people don't know always what's best. Oh yeah. A lot of wow. the time. Wow, <laughs> so offended. <laughs> Cassie is the youngest person in this, po- in this podcast. And she knows the least best. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you let me plan the episodes. It's great. Um, and, um, you know, it's like, but like, I think, and I, I, w- I would like to be a little bit charitable as to one of the sources. I think that, that like, we have to be disobedient. We have to be rebellious. We have to carve our own way is actually out of a source of, uh, of abusive parenting like mm-hmm. or negligent parenting. Well, it's like my parents don't care about me, so why would I listen to them? Right. But then it gets projected onto other people who do care mm-hmm. and who are like, no, I, I want good things for you. I yeah. care about you. Like, mm-hmm. And we often project that on God as well. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not going to listen to God because he's an authority and he tells me what to do. And like people that tell me what to do don't care about mm-hmm. me typically. Yeah. It's like, well, no, like that's a overgeneralization that's actually mm-hmm. inappropriate. That's stereotyping actually, you know, way yeah um and so i the value of obedience it gets us actually really far like by being an obedient student you do really well at school Mm -hmm. yeah by being um an obedient worker at your job 
you do better at your job mm-hmm. and you you uh, you gain the opinion and uh, the esteem of your peers by being obedient to what they say. You're talking about obedience as a way of training, being uh, trained. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? Um, so being trained. So, so in the military, if you go to the military, you're going to have a drill sergeant who's yeah. going to tell you, hey, you got to do this thing. You got to go run up that hill. If you don't, and that's a training, like he's commanding you in a way to train you, to prepare you yeah. for what is going to come, which is what everybody, which is what your university is trying to do, uh, which is what uh, Jesus is trying to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit is trying to do mm-hmm. the Father, mm-hmm. God. Yes, yeah. the Trinity is con- is confusing. Um, but, um, you know, there's this preparation. But if you don't obey the one who's trying to train you, you won't learn what you need to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, yeah. And you just mm-hmm. won't, you won't learn what you need to learn to be ready for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what, which is really the gospel narrative. Jesus is like, Hey, I'm preparing you for the heaven to come for mm-hmm. the heaven that's coming. Yeah. Um, and he's like, it's a good thing that I'm preparing you for. It's, I know that there's hard training to do now, but if you're obedient, and if you trust me, mm-hmm. which obedience and trust go hand in hand, um, uh, but if you obey me and you trust me, like I, I prom- this is my promise to you that we'll be together, mm-hmm. that you'll be in the presence of a father that cares and loves for you for an eternity. Yeah. And with a friend called Jesus, who's absolutely wonderful, and with a spirit that I don't know. Is it's also wonderful. It's also wonderful. <laughs> I was hoping to be distinct. Wonderful counselor. It's the same. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. The Made Trinity is different. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm getting spiraling into <laughs> Trinity land. No, it's good. Um, but, yeah, like, I think it's an important conversation to have. It's like, what is the value of obedience? And I think it's really also, I would say, foolish for people to think that they don't aren't obedient to something. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to something, you're obedient to it. And so... Um, that's that's complicated. I don't know if I want to unpack that. I think if you're following something, you're obedient mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, you could listen to it and yeah. like reject it. That's true. True. Well, I I would make the distinction between hearing something and listening to something. Sorry, but that I, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Split hairs. Philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but I think people. My point is though, is more that you we follow more than we think we do. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember as a kid watching the the TV show House. Do you remember that the doctor show? Yeah. yeah, and like I I'll swear, every time if I binge watched that show, I would get really depressed and very cynical and very skeptical because he's a very very that's who is House that is. Yeah, and on some level, by watching the show, I'm following him and I'm learning and I'm training myself according to him, which is what we're supposed to do when we read the Bible and we engage Jesus is we like follow him to become like him. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, that was a little bit of a divergence, but it's, <laughs> I think it's good in the context of like talking about be- obeying your parents. I think it's important for us to understand like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason, the reason that I wanted to pick this passage to go first is I think it does get at the sense of what is family for? Mm. Um, why does God give us family? And it's an extension of the gospel, mm. right? Like our family is the first place where we learn what authority is supposed to look like mm-hmm. um, and what obedience should look like and our responsibilities to each other. Um, which is also very important when you're following Jesus. But as a kid, you know, you're probably not going to understand that in its fullness. That's not to say, you know, little kids can't be Christians, but it's like, actually, your parents are teaching you that first before Mm. you understand what God is Mm. like or who he is. Um, And so it's a very important structure that God has given us as a gift. Now, there's all sorts of ways we can mess that up. Um, But I think it's true that to the degree we understand this within our families, that's how that's going to play out in school or um, or in jobs or that kind of thing. Um, like you were saying, Nathan, like it, it really translates to the way that we act in other scenarios. And I remember like going to school and um, I think I, I did have a sense of I need to obey my parents and I would see my peers who are like very rebellious against these teachers um, for various reasons, like, oh, they shouldn't be able to tell me what to do. And I think that's becoming more common in our culture as 
our value of family is decreasing, I think, at least in American culture. Um, we're not learning that lesson as well. And so I think that that is really damaging to something that God intended for our own good. Um, to teach children, hey, you have a responsibility to your parents, and generally they should want what's best for you. Um, and parents, don't provoke your children. Like, do good to them and yeah. help them to become the people they should be in the future. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's move on to the next passage, which is Exodus 20, verse 12. Um, so we're quoting from the Ten Commandments here. And it says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Um, so a lot of people bring up this passage because the word here, the command here, is honor instead of obey. So it, it seems to be in contradiction with the one we just read. Um, it's also worth noting that the Old Testament suggests that um, there should be some pretty fierce consequences for people who break this commandment. Um, so quoting from Exodus 21, verse 17, it says, Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Um, so that's pretty. That's a pretty big deal. Um and Proverbs 30, verse 17 says, The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. So that's fun. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that. What, what's the significance of this, this verse? What is it getting at? Um, does it matter that God says honor here instead of obey? Um, I think I think actually it does matter, like um, the different wording, obey versus honor, because honor has this, um, you know, obey has this sense of like, um, you know, do what your parents say. It's very like action oriented, like they tell you to do this, don't, you know, do this. You can actually obey. Um, I mean, I think Nathan would probably say real obedience is like, you know, heartfelt obedience, like a willful like I take it on, but you can like obey mm -hmm. very like I'll wash the dishes, you know. Reluctantly, you can, yeah, reluctantly. But or you, your drill sergeant who's making you yeah, run up a hill uh, again. Yeah, probably exactly. not too happy about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have to be happy about <laughs> it, you know. But yeah. um, and I think good obedience would have some kind of a cheerfulness to it for sure. But like this sense of honor your parents, there's a sense of like, I think there's there's three parts to it, and one of them is that obey like honoring and obeying your parents like there's a sense that you would show your parents honor through obeying them but the second one would be this like sense of relational like affinity like saying mm -hmm. they're my parents mm -hmm. this is like to disobey them or to dishonor them is to dishonor me like it's mm -hmm. it's saying like my kids all have my last name and so um the sense like when my kids are off doing like my kids are like a picture of me, like my reputation and my, um, my kids' reputation are tied up together. And, and, um, God is saying like, we need to honor, we need to realize like we're, our actions reflect on our parents, our, our reputation, like we're all in one, one, um, one, I don't know, we all have the same fate in a sense. Like we are all mm. drawn in together. And, and you know, and the Bible is very clear. Like it's not that simple. Like there are some good kids and there are some bad parents. There are some bad kids, good parents. Like the Bible is pretty diverse on that. But the main point being like in a prescriptive sense, kids need to realize that their actions either will bring shame or honor onto their parents. Mm -hmm. And um, it's important for them to realize like, you guys are in the same boat here. Um, and then this third, this third aspect <clears throat> is that honor is a sense of honor. Honor also has a monetary sense to it. So honoring your parents means to support your parents when they're old. Like they, they care for you um, now, like they care for you as children. Um, but the, the day will come where you'll be responsible to caring for your parents and it's dishonoring to them um, to, not care for them in their old age and so there's a sense of like they've cared for me and i need to honor and care mm -hmm. for them like and so there's this financial aspect to it too where um, just because i've and i think it's one in america we don't actually resonate with like mm -hmm. in the american culture you know parents take care of their kids they leave their inheritance a good parent leaves a great inheritance for their children um all these things um, but in a lot of other cultures in the world it's thought that the kid is going to support the mm -hmm. parents and maybe even the grandparents. Like, sure. and it's just, that's just the way it goes. And that's, that's more the way it's went 
for all of time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, we have a pretty affluent um, society where we have this expectation that kids don't have financial responsibilities to their parents. Mm -hmm. And so um, the Bible is saying, no, actually the welfare of your parents in their old age is is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I think in a lot of sense, that's the curses that you're, you're seeing is not to honor your parents when they're old is, um, God's going to curse you for that. (laughs) So that's a, that's a big thing that he looks at and cares about. I wonder also if, if it's also culture specific, right? There's so many different cultures within the United States where I think family is a bigger value. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. I think maybe the three of us come from one where that's not true, but mm-hmm. I do, uh, yeah. I do see that is, people who have that value here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I have a student, I have a student right now, and that's actually a very, very strong conviction that he has, mm-hmm. um, where he, <clears throat> and I really deeply respect him for it. Actually. He, mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'm going to school because I want to provide for my parents. Right. I, I need to get ready to provide for my parents. I love my parents. My parents took care of me and he has this very strong sense of, and it's not, like one of the things I really, he, I would say really, really embodies the sense of honor, which is a sense of, it's kind of an attitude mm-hmm. and he doesn't have a, I wouldn't say in my conversations with him that he has a sense of um, like, oh, it's such a burden to do this. He's like, no, this is like, this is my chance. This mm-hmm. is my chance to like reciprocate what my mm-hmm. parents have given me, what mm-hmm. my family's given me. Yeah. Um and uh, he has a very, very positive, and admittedly, he has a very positive relationship with his family. And so it's like, it has like um, what his parents have done for him and their respect and their love and their care for him. It's now like passed down into him. And it's really, really um, formed in him to reciprocate that same thing. Um, and that, which is really great. But but to the, the, the text we've been talking about, like one thought that I had with, or one observation I've had about these three texts that you, you quoted, Cassie, is, is um, that none of them explicitly say children actually in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Christian unlike was kind Colossians. of... Unlike yeah. Unlike Colossians, yeah. 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 And so, uh, and Christian was kind of like, it was kind of uh, getting at this is like, there's a sense of like, it is for children, like you know, hey, I'm 10 years old. Yes, like it is for children, but there's also like, oh, hey, now I'm like 25 mm-hmm. and I'm still called to honor my parents mm-hmm. at 25. And um, very similarly to Christian, like obedience is kind of like this level of like action, action oriented, as he put it. Honor, I think, is a little bit more of an attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a level of honor might look different at different phases of a person's life. Mm-hmm. So for a young child, it's obey your parents. That's honoring to your parents. Mm-hmm. When you're 25, 30, your parents can't work anymore. You know, at this point in time, it's like, oh, yeah, my dad's like 50. His like he was working in the fields for like 40 years. And now he's like back is gone and he can't mm-hmm. walk anymore. To honor my dad is to mm-hmm. work and provide for him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe my dad's mind is is like... Uh, you know, he's developed maybe dementia or something like that. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to necessarily listen to his counsel all the time, but I've matured. I've grown up under his counsel when he was healthy. Yeah. And now, like, I use that wisdom to serve him that he's given me. Yeah. And so there's this level, there's a little bit, I think there's a little bit more fluidity mm-hmm. maybe to, like, how honor is employed mm-hmm. rather than obedience. Obedience is very, like, mm-hmm. command input do command Mm -hmm. whereas honor is like it's an attitude it's a posture it's like a desire for the well-being of the other Mm -hmm. um and so like i think of you know i think of you know grandparent like uh, um people that have developed uh dementia or alzheimer's in their old age it's like well i oh i'm gonna i'm gonna go for a drive in the car and it's like no mom you you can't (laughs) go for a drive in the car like that's not safe yeah you know, and it's like, and that's, and they might be very upset with you, but it's like, I, I'm actually mm-hmm. doing this to protect you. Yeah. It's like, and that's honoring to the parent. It's not like, oh, well, like I have to let them just make their choices. Not necessarily it's like, obedient. Right. And it's not obedient. Yeah. yeah. And it's not obedient. Exactly. Yeah. That's my, that's my point. It's like, it's honoring, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily obedient. Yeah. Um, That's something that my parents had to go through was like, I had, we had, they had to 
have a conversation with their mom and dad about、mm-hmm. like not driving anymore because they、mm-hmm. are well. I only have one left, but、um, they were like ninety something, and it's like you you're not able to drive anymore. Like your your mind's not、um, as sharp as it once was, and、yeah. like and that was a caring conversation, but it was like for their safety and the safety、mm-hmm. of others.、Mm-hmm. And it's like imagine if my grandmother got into or grandmother or grandfather got into a car accident. You know how does that reflect on them? How does that reflect on the family? Yeah.、Um, Are we responsible citizens to society, things like that? And accidents are going to happen, like you know, like in life, in general. But,、mm-hmm. but yeah, I think honor has a little bit more movement to、mm-hmm. it. I think to synthesize maybe what we've all been saying on this is like, honor might include obedience. It、mm-hmm. might not include obedience, but it actually seems like a greater responsibility、mm-hmm. that we carry once we're mature enough to have it. Right,、mm-hmm. like children can understand、mm-hmm. obedience because it's like, do this, okay, I do that. But honor has this, I think, movement to it, right, where it might look like that, or it might be a lot more complicated,、mm-hmm. where you're navigating that relationship、mm-hmm. with more maturity and more responsibility. That's that God has given you, which is good.、Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity. So we've mentioned a few things we can do to honor our parents.、Um, do you guys have any other ideas of what that might look like?、Um, especially for us, thinking about people who are in college or just out of college, what does that look like? You know, I think I, I mean, you know, I appreciate Cassie. You said、uh, actually, America's got a lot of different cultures in it, and so there's, you know, but I th- and so there are some some cultures in our country that are really pro. Like honoring your parents, we could learn a lot from. We、them. could learn a lot from them, but one, <laughs>、yeah. one, I think you know, I think one thing that sets America apart from a lot of the world is this sense of like at eighteen I'm an adult and I'm independent. Like this drive, that like getting out of the house is this maturation moment,、um, mm. where a lot of a lot of other cultures in the world they don't do that. Like they don't like, and and honestly, and I'm saying that not and. So I'm not. It's not good or bad, one way or the other. Because I personally love my independence. Like I, I got my、yeah. driver's license and I dropped my mom off and I drove off. You know what I mean?、Yeah. Like I. And yet you now have four kids. And now <laughs> I have four kids.、Um, and then I like at 18, I was like, I am not living with my mom anymore. You know, I,、mm-hmm. I'm I'm a very independent person and I really value independence.、Um, but I do think like. And I think that there's some positive things to that, like when independence goes to responsibility. There's a sense of、um, not, you know, not necessarily like wanting to,、uh, you know, be a weight on my parents.、Uh, there's a sense of like this ambition, a positive ambition to like, you know, go make your life. You know, there's、mm-hmm. there's good things to it. There,、yeah. but I think there's. Like some, in America, we have some tendencies that also are are negative. Like I think,、mm-hmm. like I I think all of us. Well, at least I can really resonate with the idea of like competition with my parents. Like a sense of like I go to I need to do better than my、mm-hmm. parents, or I need to outshine my parents, or my time of independence is about me like proving myself or、um, doing it without my parents. You know, there's this this sense of like. Competition or or、mm-hmm. proving who we are, and、um, and I think there's some positive things in there, you、mm-hmm. know, in terms of like you know, risk,、mm-hmm. um, risk, adventure,、um, achievement, like self confidence. There's some really good things in there, but I think,、um, you know, actually, I was just just riding my bike、um, here to this to the podcast, and I was、mm-hmm. thinking about how Brady. Uh, Bob Inc, who、um, was my campus pastor in Bellingham, Washington, you know, he really sent me here. Like he, he sent me. You know, and in, in one sense, he's kind of like a spiritual father, a spiritual parent. And he, you know, I worked with him for ten years. I did my. I was a student in that ministry. I was an intern in that ministry,、mm-hmm. and he met with me like every week,、mm-hmm. every other week for. At least six of seven of those ten years I worked、time. there, you know. So,、yeah. um, and I lived across the street from him. His、mm-hmm. wife watched my kids all the time. I mean,、mm-hmm. just high relation. And、um, you know, when he sends me to Oregon State University, there's this implicit pressure to like perform well. And、mm-hmm. I think, in some ways, in our American sense, we'd be like, 
well, I need to do it better than Brady did it. Mm-hmm. Like there's this implicit competition, like now I'm sent out and I've got to do better. And I think reorienting that to think, you know, my success is actually Brady's success. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, and being willing to share our success or share our story or share mm-hmm. our, you know, our failures even like, like the sense that like, let's not try to, you know, disconnect or be discontinuitous mm-hmm. from our parents um, or, or assume that's, that's what we need to do. But like, think I'm hoping that what I do down here brings honor to Brady. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that, that what I achieve in life brings honor to my parents. I hope that I'm not competing with them. I'm trying to continue and further mm-hmm. their story. I think mm-hmm. those are healthier ways to think about that than like, all right, now I got to make my name. I got to, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, no, we're part of a family and, and realizing like mm-hmm. we're connected together and our story is the same story. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that's a more healthy thing that I, I think, I think a lot of people maybe struggle with that. I think one thing that um, one of my mentors was like, hey, you know, maybe your parents aren't always going to, like, I don't know, give you the best advice (laughs) about life. Um, And I think for some people that is their situation. But that doesn't mean that you can't honor them through the decisions that you're making. Um, I think there's a way to go about it if we have this attitude of honor, right? Like, you can can still ask them for input and... Mm -hmm you know, receive that. And maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but you can weigh that and take it seriously. Like they do really know you, hopefully, Mm -hmm. if you've spent a lot of time with them. Um, And even if that's not your situation, right, like you can still at least inform your parents of what's going on. I know some people who left home and and don't update their parents about what Mm -hmm. they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, huh, I don't think that's very honoring of them. You know, unless it's like a really serious situation, I think there is a way that we can go about um, honoring our parents by including them in our lives in ways that are healthy and good, Mm -hmm. even if that's a complicated issue. Mm -hmm. I think um, one one story that comes to mind with my family is like, uh, so I have two older sisters and my parents were very kind enough to give both of my sisters a car um, when they're in high school. Uh, I didn't get a driver's license until after high school. Like, I think I was 20, something like that. I just was like, I have no desire to drive. Mm -hmm. Just didn't. um, Didn't have any reason for it. But one of the things I noticed about my sisters having cars, and they they needed them. Like, one of my sisters had a job. I think both of my sisters did at some point or another. But but one of the things I noticed that really upset me a little bit was that, like, their car would break down, and then they'd be like, Dad, you got to fix a car. And I'm Mm -hmm. like... I need it for this. And I was like, and they're all panicked and stuff. I was like, I knew dad wasn't around that much. I was like, dad gets up at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's not back until like eight. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot of time for him to do these things. And so when I got to the age of 21-ish and I was thinking about, hey, I'm going to get my own car. My parents were like, oh, we'd love to get you a car. And like, I was like, nope. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to work this summer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like get my own car and my parents did help me Mm -hmm. with getting a car but there was a level of like it wasn't like this is mine it was like no like i didn't want to be admittedly like my sisters (laughs) and um i paid for my own gas i think i paid for my own insurance too like whereas that was something that my parents really didn't Mm -hmm. compel my sister to do and there just was like and it was like i felt like that was uh dishonoring to my parents is like how much aggravation they were causing like or how much um l- how little perspective they had of like my dad's situation and stuff entitlement their entitlement uh, level of entitlement and so like part of me is like part of growing up and honoring your parents is actually i personally believe that uh, a sign of maturity is that you actually l- learn to you uh accrue like things to give Mm -hmm. and you are more generous. And so like part of like my mindset was, was like, it's not that you have like, oh, look how much money I am. Let's be specific about this. It's not, huh? Look how much money I am. Have. (laughs) (laughs) Looks how how much money I have. It's not like a boasting. It's like, no, I have something to contribute to Mm -hmm. people, others. um, And I do contribute. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's why students go to college. It's like to learn how to have something to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's a sign of maturation. But mm-hmm. in the context of what, um, in that context of the car and things like that, there was like a level of like, I understood that like, um, it was m- a maturing thing to like, be like, hey, I'm going to get my own car. I'm going to take responsibility for that. I'm not going to have my dad fix it. And honestly, it was actually healthier. It was a healthy thing for my dad. My dad didn't, I don't think my dad ever really fixed my cars. He's helped me once or twice, but it's like, compared to my sisters, it was like nothing. But I also got a way better car than my sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way better. Nathan's excited. <laughs> it was a great car. It got stolen. Oh, yeah. So sad. A, from in front of my house, too. It was yeah. dumb. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that's a good point of, like, the stages and maturation. You sure. know, things change over time. And I and I do know that some students, so, you know, earlier I talked about, like, that hyper-independence. But there also can be this sense of, like, hyper-submission or mm-hmm. hyper, like, Dependence. oh, man, my, my parents, they think this. I would never want to question something my parents said. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we should always be, like, really weighing the words of our parents, you know, kind of like you're saying, Cassie, you, know, you ask for advice. It doesn't mean we always have to take that, but, but I, I have some really good friends that grew up in really strong Christian families. And the more they, they learn about certain subjects, they find themselves at odds with their parents. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like, they're walking away from Jesus. It's just like finer de- theological detail points, you mm-hmm. know, like, like uh, one of my friends, um, the issue of Israel was a big mm-hmm. deal. Like, um, you know, the parent, the parents really believed like, oh, we need to politically support Israel. And their, their child was like, I don't know if we do need to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure that none of us have really, I mean, I haven't really ever talked about that theologically with my parents. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a very common, this is pretty Christian family sure. to be talking about yeah. stuff like that. But, but for him, it like, he found himself like, in a sense, drifting yeah. a little from mm-hmm. where his his parents were mm-hmm. and um you know there was a healthy he's such a healthy guy this friend of mine and he just really um he really chose to like honor his parents like not necessarily like um you know he didn't call them stupid or think of them as stupid and but he at the same time asking these questions having divergent opinions um you know interpreting that as like my parents helped raise me to be able to think critically mm-hmm. and even like the disagreeing that I can have with my parents is a sign of health in my family That's and really so good. so change so instead of like you know it's not necessarily like we have to think everything our parents think and and definitely a healthy family would allow for some level of questioning and mm-hmm. and we might find ourselves in different places we might affiliate with a different political party than our parents. We might mm-hmm. affiliate with, uh, we might believe a certain theological thing different, or mm-hmm. we might, you know, we might hold different beliefs maybe about how we were parented. You might find like, oh, I didn't really like the way my parents parented me like this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to parent different. And yeah. That's all very natural, and it's very important. But mm-hmm. but seeing that as a, that critical ability to, mm-hmm. you're not reacting, but you're, mm-hmm. you're patiently making changes and mm. um that's 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 shows a sign of a healthy relationship mm. with your parents yeah. yeah um as opposed to this reactionary or just i need to submit and do exactly as they say mm-hmm. like both of those there's a certain level in health to those yeah but someone being able to thoughtfully adopt or alter mm-hmm. um opinions mm-hmm. of your parents is shows a lot of health yeah mm-hmm. I think one thing that stood out to me is you're you're talking about having a really healthy, thoughtful awareness of your relationship with your parents and celebrating what's good, but also, you know, having the level of thoughtfulness to be able to notice, hey, you know, maybe that wasn't as good or maybe I should make mm-hmm. a different choice. Mm-hmm. And or that's maybe good. I disagree. Maybe mm-hmm. I disagree. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's not dishonoring. Yeah. Something I, I've noticed, this happens in a lot of spheres. People like disagree with something and then it's... Um, there's a pendulum swing. So like it goes from one extreme and then they're like, well, this was bad. And then they swing all the way to the other end. And it's like, well, no, like, so one thing I, I kind of, I observed probably about 10 years ago is like a lot of younger parents were starting to use a more hands-off parenting style. Hmm. 
and like just letting the kids do it. And this is actually a really big thing right now is to like not be not provide the child a lot of structure. Um, and there's like a level of like, well, we value like allowing our kids to make decisions for themselves. And there's a lot of positives in there. But it's like, well, no, your child actually wants structure. Yeah. Like there's tons of psychology out there that's like, no, actually, like structure is good. Well, no, structure is. But the the, the those parents are like, well, no, structure is bad because their experience of structure was bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, the application is wrong. And so it's what I think you're continuing the thought of what Christian was saying is like, it's like that thoughtful engagement and it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, no, there are good things about this. Mm-hmm. Like there are things I disagree with my parents about their parenting style, but like, it's like discovering like the positives of that or why they did it mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And then like adjusting, yeah. not mm-hmm. discarding necessarily. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think there's like a, you know, it's interesting. There's this process of, you know, I'm a parent now. So it's like, I'm thinking about all this stuff and, yeah. you know, the, the healthy, um, you know, it's interesting. This was my experience growing up. And I think this is a lot of people's experience. When I was a child, kids, my, my parents thought, well, he's just a kid, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to be fine. And so they were like, well, let's let him play. Let him be a child or whatever. And then I get to 14, 15, 16, and I start making some decisions are going down. And my parents are like, Hey, listen now, like Mm. you're starting to be a grown up. This is how you got to be. And I found that most of the tension I would have with how I was living my life came in high school and in college. And it was this like, and I have noticed this with other people too. There's this parents get nervous that their kids are going in a direction they don't like. and, And they start kind of bearing down in high school mm-hmm. and college yeah. years. And it starts, it went from a place of like, yeah, I didn't get a lot of instruction because you're kids, you know, and stuff like that. But as things as now, like, Oh man, all of a sudden you can have kids. If, if you go with that girl, you know, you go with that boy to the, they're at the house, you know, I could have some grandkids early or I could, you know, there's all these things that people get nervous about. And so all of a sudden now I got to control your behavior later in life. Where honestly, how what would be what's what I'm finding is what I what I'm banking on is the most <laughs> healthy as a as a parent is yeah. actually I need to have high control and teach my children proper behaviors. I need to have higher connectivity and control between mm-hmm. the ages of like zero to twelve. Mm-hmm. But even in that range, as they get older, I need to be giving them more responsibility. And trusting in the behaviors I've really taught them mm-hmm. between zero and 12. And once they start hitting 13, 14, 15, like there's a progress of like letting them step into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And and actually, so what most people are doing is they're bearing down and they've, they've blown their opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that I, I think, you know, I know this isn't about parenting, but <laughs> when you think about that yeah. as, as a child, like thinking, OK, mm-hmm. going into college. Actually, this is the time when I need to be taking on more responsibility. Mm-hmm. This is the time when my parents, the healthy thing would be for my parents to give me more autonomy mm-hmm. because and trusting in their teaching and their training of me up to this point. So that, that's really healthy maturation in the sense mm-hmm. that like when you're younger, they tell you what to do. They ha- tell you how to live your life and they slowly start letting you mm-hmm. grow into adulthood and maturity. So. I think a lot of parents actually invert that process, actually. I think, is that kind of what you're saying? They invert it. So it's like, oh, well, babies are easy. You just have to do a few things for them. You don't have to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you just sort of have to like, just let them be there. But then it's like, oh, wait, now they're starting to make decisions. I don't have control. Mm -hmm. I don't have control. They're not, they're not simple little, like little beings that can't do anything for themselves. Yeah. Oh, crap. And now (laughs) then they like. Have hyper. They try to sure. employ that hyper, that high control and high connectivity, but it's in the wrong time. It's in the wrong time. So, yeah. As Christians, I think we are called to first obey God, right, and then obey our parents, kind of in that order, right? There's a there's a delegated authority that God gives to our parents, um, and I think in thinking about that, sometimes that can cause conflict, right? Our parents mm-hmm. don't always ask us to do things that God would have us do. So what do you do if your parents don't want you to do something that you want to do to honor God? 
um, like getting baptized or going on a mission trip or becoming a small group leader? Like, what are some things you should be thinking about if you're in that situation? I mean, I think, you know, going back to that verse of Colossians, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know how succinct my, my phrasing was, but really I think Paul's heart there is talking about like how this family is to represent Jesus. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, as Christians, that is the highest thing. And so if, you know, if a child is in a relationship with a parent and it's not the way that, you know, it isn't honoring to Jesus to settle for being um, abused or, or, or believing that your image is lower because your parents are treating you mm. in a poor way. Um, Jesus doesn't, that's not honoring to him for you to settle for changing your image, self being self-deprecatory. Um, there's a place for like trusting Jesus's words and, um, and justice is something that Jesus really values. And so like, um, you know, being in, you know, having your parents treat you in a way that isn't honoring to Jesus or, or asking you to do things that are dishonoring to Jesus um, that's not in line with what Jesus is hoping for. That's not healthy parenting. Healthy mm-hmm. parenting is wanting the best for your kids. And so, um, and meaning like them growing closer to Jesus, them being more like Jesus, them, them pers- in the, growing their pursuit of God and, um, and showing God's love to others. And so, um, I think that ultimately is the big question is like, is my family relationship, um, showing honor to Jesus? Um, and I think there, you know, it's a complicated thing. Like some of these questions about getting baptized, going on a mission trip, I think a lot of them kind of come down to a, a case by case basis in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, um, for me, I mean, in my testimony, you know, I shared about how I got grounded when I got baptized. I lied to my mom about getting baptized and I went yeah. and did it. And honestly, I think I made the right decision in the wrong way. Like I should have told my mom beforehand, I'm going to do it. And then if she sold me not to, I should have done it anyway. Hmm. Like I should have been more, hmm. instead of lying about or being deceptive, hmm. I should have just been like more thoughtful and more like, you know, uh, dedicated um, in a more proactive hmm. way. That would have been more honoring to my parents. Um, you know, I remember having an argument. My mom um, made me, she was like, you know, you have to... She, her and my dad paid for like each roughly, you know, 40% each, 35% each of my college. And I had to put in the other third or other 20%. And um, so I would work during the summers to get that. And um, I would have some extra money because sometimes I even work during the year. And I ended up taking on a, a, a compassion kid, like a, mm-hmm. you know, sponsored a compassion kid. And my mom found out about mm-hmm. it. She's like, I'm paying for your college. You need to not yeah. do that. And I said, and I was like, well... It's not your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you know, paying for this. Yeah. So I'm paying for this. It's not yeah. your money. So uh, I'm going to keep doing it. And if, if you do, if you don't feel comfortable paying for my college because I'm supporting a, col- a compassion child, then that is your decision is what I told yeah. her. And she. That's a real boundary. She didn't she didn't take the bluff. Right. She's like, yeah. well, I want my kid to finish college. You yeah. know, like I'm not going to draw the line over this compassionate thing my son is doing you know she also wouldn't have cared if i was spending 30 dollars on alcohol you know what i mean like Mm, that's the other thing so so i kind of you know i I made that self-assertion but i think there are other times where it's like um you know i know some people that have made dedications to their parents like you know you paid for my college and they made an agreement like so that means i'm going to do this because i really want to do it and then maybe the lord says like hey actually we would want you to do this first Mm -hmm. Or I want you to do go into the mission field, the Lord says. And, but they made this commitment to their parents mm-hmm. that don't believe. And it's going to not show good witness to Christ mm-hmm. to not keep your word. Yeah. And so I, I think there's there's just a lot of prayerful moments where you got to really mm-hmm. pray to the Lord and see what's going to bring him the most mm-hmm. glory in the midst of this relationship with your parents. Yeah. yeah. I think a good question to ask is what's best for the gospel? Um, particularly in reaching your family or in fulfilling your calling. And that's something to pray about and talk to a mentor about and not decide on your own, <laughs> right? Get some get some good wisdom in there. Um, I was actually thinking about your your story of getting baptized and how you chose to do about 
go about that, Christian. And um, I was listening to another podcast, which is for campus pastors. And there was this other story of a a student who wanted to get baptized and his parents were opposed. And so he decided to wait. Um, He was early on in college at that point. He waited three years to get baptized. Um, And when it came around again and he asked his parents, they're like, absolutely, we want to be there. Because in that time, Mm. so much trust had grown between Mm. this student and his family regarding ministry stuff and and being involved with Jesus, that they were excited and they wanted to support him in that decision. And so I think it is really a case-by-case thing. Absolutely. Like, what's going to be best for the gospel reaching your family Mm. might look like waiting to do something that God Mm -hmm. has has asked us to do. Absolutely. And I I would just really point out in your story, Cassie, is like the, the... It's not that, um, I would say that the bigger victory is not that, like, oh, now they're excited about my faith. The bigger victory is, like, this is them getting closer to their own faith in Christ. Like, that's the bigger victory. And I think in our hyper-individualistic, very, like, self-focused culture, it's like, oh, look, they're supporting what I'm doing. And it's like, well, no, it's just about you in that case then. But it's, like, actually about coming bringing people to the Lord. Um, And I would say like in that, but in that process of prayerfully considering things, like uh, uh, if you're like, I don't know what to do. Like it's, it's that prayerful consideration of the Lord's will is a lot of like, is my desire and cultivating the proper desire to honor the Lord Mm -hmm. and trusting that that desire and those thoughts and those prayers are going to lead you to a positive decision that is honoring. And like, I think we can get really bogged down. It's like, what is the right decision? Um, Christian, when he did what he, uh, when he did not tell his mother, um, uh, did not tell his mother that he was going to get baptized. Like he, I think in hindsight, realizes more like what was the right course of action to do in hindsight um and that's oftentimes how it works we might learn a little bit more about in hindsight what the right thing to do is but oftentimes we always know that the right thing to do is like following our desire to honor the lord Mm -hmm. and like trying to discover what that looks like and so it is very complicated. It is very nuanced. It is like there are two stories that were just presented on the same exact topic and mm-hmm. two solutions that were probably very honoring to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in the end, Christian's whole family, I think at this point, is now Christian. Yeah. 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 I mean, is and so like it's a long-term game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I think is most I, – I think Christian did say this, but, you know, we call God in heaven Father – And it's always about our Father in heaven and honoring our Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, honoring our Father in heaven is means uh, looking like we're dishonoring Mm -hmm. others. And it's like, well, no, I know I'm honoring my Father in heaven. And he says, this is honoring to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm listening to. Um, And so, like, I think that's one thing that's actually really challenging is like, well, like, this is going to totally hurt my parents. It's like, well, is this going to hurt the Lord in the, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's, that's our governing, governing um, Mm -hmm. posture or or governing uh, 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 focus and direction. It's like, is, is making sure that we're looking to honor, honor and please the Lord in our actions Mm -hmm. and understanding in the process of honoring and pleasing the Lord, we are going to displease others around us and um be seen as a dishonoring person Mm -hmm. disrespecting person because we live in a fallen world that has different different views yeah so i think i think like with that you're saying maybe maybe you're going to cause some tension Mm -hmm. and somebody's going to feel dishonored or hurt in the moment Mm -hmm. with the ultimate goal though that Mm-hmm. That it's going to be good for right. them in Christ in the future, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think, with in my my case, like um, basically, I was, I mean, for better or worse, I mean, I didn't do it perfect, but I really felt like the question was like, like who's who's the boss? Mm-hmm. Was it was the mm-hmm. issue going on in my family? And um, and my parents were like, well, my mom was like, I'm the boss, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, actually, God is the boss. And I think over time, that's what proved true for, like, Mm -hmm. my mom had to change her perspective, Mm -hmm. realizing that God is a loving father and he's 
he actually cares about her and mm-hmm. he is better to be obeyed. And so, so there's some level, sometimes it's going to be conflicting, but I love that mm-hmm. story you told Cassie, because it was just a different way of showing great love and compassion and, mm-hmm. and kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know another person who, who grew up in a really abusive family and um, she really like personally takes a lot of responsibility for her family. So she really sees herself as like, cause she's the most in control person. Like she's the most um, put together, put together. So mm-hmm. she's like, if I'm not here, my family's going to fall apart mm-hmm. and they just abuse her. They like are destroying her. Mm-hmm. And she had to, God finally got her to the place where like the most honoring thing you can do is really to cut some pretty strong ties with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you need, you, you know, this person, she needs to be healthier mm-hmm. and she needs to trust. She needs to end up trusting God with her family. She's mm-hmm. not going to mm-hmm. save her family. Sure. God's going to save her family and that she needed to. So she never calls her mom or a number of her siblings. She, she doesn't contact them. I think there's some members of her family she talks to, but, mm-hmm. but she had to really, have some boundaries and it's not like a for the rest of her life kind of thing, but it's like mm-hmm. she needed to take some time to recalibrate what was healthy mm-hmm. so that she mm-hmm. could eventually mm-hmm. be a helpful resource to mm-hmm. her family and that she, yeah. and that her family can see God do great things in her life. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's never done in a way that's like, I'm giving up on mm-hmm. this family, but, um, but sometimes these are conflict, conflict, tense choices we have to make. Yeah. yeah. And every family is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I say one more thing yeah. before we close this? Yeah. There was this one thing. I'm just going to share this fun challenge to anybody out there who's listened all the way up to this point. Oh, good. Um, uh, when I remember there was one time when, when I was a college student and I had this rough relationship with my family, like they weren't Christians and I'd go home every break and I was like, I want them to know the Lord, but it always and partially everybody here on staff knows this. Christian can be pretty competitive. What? And wow. I, I can get pretty. Oh my gosh, like, you're the most humble person I know, though. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, but I'm like, and so sometimes you like, are pretty humble. Actually. Oh, thanks. But but not always. <laughs> so, um, so but I can get pretty argumentative, you know, especially with my family and um, and. And so I would always be like, how do I can't win these fights at home with my family? I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. And it, I'm just not doing a good job. And I, and one of the campus pastors um, named Michelle um, Parker, now Nichols, she said, uh, she said, you know, when you go home on the breaks, what do your parents see? Your non-Christian parents, your non-Christian mm-hmm. family, what do they see? Yeah. Um, like when you you eat dinner, do you like take your plate and you put it in the sink and then you walk off? Are are you are you like expecting your are you going back into childhood and expecting your parents just to like clean up after you and take care of you? Or when you come home, do you like do the dishes without being asked? Mm-hmm. Do you you know vacuum up the house, keep it clean? Are you quick to volunteer to be helpful like give give your younger siblings rides or to like and that honestly more than any kind of words we're going to say if we pick up the servant's heart when we go home and show christ in this like servant way to our families that in so many ways is the most powerful example of like change of maturation and really just deep honor like people feel so honored when you care for them like that and they'll start they'll wonder like what's going on and, and they'll mm-hmm. they they're your parents they they put those things together like this is this person's faith doing this because i all the rest of my kids aren't doing this you <laughs> yeah. know like and so they never, they never did that before they never even. did that before yeah. and yeah. so i remember i came home and i took up that challenge and i mm-hmm. i decided I'm, I'm gonna wash the dishes every every night every chance i can and my aunt who was visiting for christmas was like you've gotten really domestic all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. And, you know, it's actually, it was all positive, but it was disorienting mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it showed a new level of, as weird as it is, as a power mm-hmm. and strength that 
whoa, this kid is serving this family. Mm -hmm. They're not asking to be served. And it was pretty profound. And I I remember that being a moment where I felt like, whoa, I feel like the tide is shifting. And there was many, many years after that before my family all changed. Mm -hmm. But it was a a perspective for me. It was a a different shift for me. So that's a good note to end on. That was great, Christian. Thanks for asking to keep talking. (laughs) Okay, we will end there. Christian and Nathan, thanks for joining me today. And if you're out there listening, we hope that this helps you navigate your relationship with your parents. Feel free to email us with comments, questions, or topic suggestions at social at OregonStateXA.com, or you can reach out to any one of us in person. Have a great week, and remember, the way that we relate to our parents is an opportunity for us to honor God's authority in our lives. Mm